Hello, and welcome to the RPG Academy podcast Twitch channel. My name is Michael, and we're here tonight for another episode of Detention Live. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Chris. Chris, say hello to everyone. Hello, everyone. And then joining us tonight is our special guest co-host is John Thompson. John, say hello to everyone. Hi, everyone. So I know Chris. Chris knows me. Most people watching this know us, but we don't know you. So who are you? So, hi, I am John, and uh, most people who know me know me for, uh, I'm part of the leadership of the Rook and Rasp Twitch channel, where we focus on indie games and uh, have several campaigns going, but uh, we're more of a community, and we focus a lot throughout the year on charity events as well. Oh, very cool. Actually, I had the chance to play a game on your channel a while back. You were actually the first ever actual, uh, actual play of Action 12 Cinema. Uh, we had a really good time. It went a little long, so we kind of had to like just cut out the third act and kind of wrap it up. But I had a lot of fun playing that game, and I was very excited to kind of get it out into the world. So I wanted to say once again, thank you for having me on. Very excited. Absolutely. Uh, so we're here for Detention Live, as we always do. There will be one little change tonight for used books. We're actually going to let John talk a little bit about a project he's currently working on. Uh, but we're still hoping to have some of the silly fun that we always do. And we like to start with extracurricular this is where we just talk about what we've been up to lately. It can be books we've been reading, TV shows, movies we've been watching, really you know, games we're playing, running, writing, whatever you want to share. But I'm going to start with Chris, only because I really wanted Chris to be on our Catacon wrap-up episode on Monday. But unfortunately, he has this thing he does where he runs like <laughs> a really good game that's recorded for an audio podcast, and he was really busy. Um, so just you know, briefly, if you don't mind, talk a little bit about your Catacon experience this year, Chris. Uh as always, I had a great time. Um, ran two Star Wars games. It went really well. Uh, finally got to run Battlestar Galactica. Um, as as it should be played, it came down to the last turn. If the last person played the right card, they won. Unfortunately, the humans won, and us Cylons didn't. Yeah. Part of it was new players. They didn't understand my subtle hint of, hey, I've already revealed myself. Uh, other Cylons, if you don't reveal yourself soon, we're going to lose. I was told later that was too subtle. I say too subtle. I'm not sure. I'm picking up what you're throwing down there. Yeah. So um, I were still you had really fun a with Cylon. It. Uh, I yes. Actually, I was the unlucky guy that got the sympathizer card, but because of the way the resources were, I had to reveal myself, which was the first time I ever had to reveal myself in that game, and uh, I thought I was going to do some cool stuff, but. My teammates didn't understand that they had to do the same at that point. But I still had fun teaching people the game. Still had a lot of fun playing it and trying to figure out who's who. I realized I'm pretty good at those games because I figured out who was one of them right away. But I was like, uh, I'm not going to blow the game up because I was a human at that point. I don't want to ruin his fun. Partially because he hated what every new person does. Looked at their faction card, put it down. Five minutes later, I went, huh, which am I? And picked it back up. If you have to wow. pick it back up, you're 99% of the time a Cylon because you forgot what you're supposed to do. So don't pick it back up um, if you're listening. So had a great time, you know, meeting new people and, you know, playing games at the desk as always. Super surprised at the rush of people on Saturday. That was nice that for was, us. But yeah, it yeah. was busy. Um, I, I think next year we need to put more board games in there have more people run games because i spent two hours doing nothing but checking games out to people and talking to them about games and 
trying to, you know, hey, this one's easy to learn. Here's what you have to do. I think next year we need to get more people just playing, you know, here's a two-hour board game or here's an hour board game to kind of fill in some time. Yeah. Um, still waiting to hear back on a couple ideas I had and see if some people are going to let me run some stuff they used to run. Um, so, Mitch, if you're listening, check Twitter. I want to run Geek Wars. Subtle, subtle. Uh, hey, the boys too. are back in town. Hi. Um, so I, I had a you know great time, even though the hotel snafu. Yeah, you know, I ended up, bad. I ended up in Airbnb not too far away. That actually worked out really well for us. You know, fortunately we weren't able to go hang out with people at the end of the night because we had to drive the opposite direction, and we didn't want to drive a half hour through the city we didn't know. Mm. So we were just a little nervous, so we just went back to the Airbnb, but. Still had a great time. Uh, looking forward to seeing what happens with the uh, Hard Rock Hotel next year. Yeah, that's a big question mark. If it'll even be open, and if, if it is open, what's the price range going to be? I, I've I don't know myself. I don't have really any experience with that hotel chain at all. But other people have told me that they are generally a very expensive hotel. Yeah. So the chances of us getting a room block that's in our rate is probably less likely. But yeah, you know, we'll see. Yeah. Um, and see what the DCC costs. Are they going to go up because the hard rock's there now? And now they're going to be doing more concerts, or how's that going to work? Who knows? Yeah. We'll figure it Those out later. Are questions for another day. But, uh, again, I wanted to say thank you. You absolutely huh. crushed it over the weekend. You were very Always. helpful at the desk and, you know, give your time. And then um, some people erroneously credited me as being the hardest working person at a catacomb. And I quickly corrected them and said, no, sorry, that was Melissa. Melissa absolutely worked her hiney off. And then David too. I mean, he's like a, I consider him a friend now too, but he's basically a friend of yours who just showed up and just jumped in wherever he could. So absolutely. It was just like, we couldn't have got through the weekend if it hadn't been for you and the family. So I just want to say thank you personally, since you weren't there on Monday, because uh, um, no you mean a lot to me as a, as a friend, as a person. Um, and just for Catacon, I can't thank you enough for all you do to help make that a successful event. So thank you. I love it. Uh, I love doing it. Trying to hopefully get, you know, more people there and keep growing it. I like to see that, some of our old podcast buddies back out. Yeah, that that would be nice. Uh, we You know, we got a few at the end there, uh, kind of last minute. But, um, you know, I think COVID is continuing it's not really going away, but I think people are just getting more and more comfortable with just it is what it is now. Uh, hopefully, in a full year, maybe it will be completely under control. Maybe the vaccines. I'm actually signed up for my second booster for tomorrow. I think that played a lot Man. into it as well. But we just did more marketing, more word of mouth. I mean, I, I'm not exaggerating. I think there were probably, I'm going to say 20 to 30 people that specifically I talked to on Saturday that had no idea we were there and said they would come back. You know, and we And that happens every year. But that was such a huge influx. If we can get half of them to actually do that, and those half of them bring a friend or two, then we've now upped our attendance. So, you know, we went into this year hoping we get around 300 badges. We ended up closer to 360. So my goal for next year is 425. I think that's a reasonable amount of growth to expect. And, you know, if we can supersede that by the same level we superseded this year, there's no reason why we can't have that room rocking all weekend. Um, And then maybe... The year after we look at renting the bigger room, like that's kind of the, the evolution that's been in my head is, you know, when do we need to rent that other room, which is adjacent, that is like three times the size. I don't think we would fill it up in two years, 
but if we can afford to rent it, we could spread out the tables, you know, put like 10 feet between each table, help with the noise pollution, still get more people in there, have a lot more room for vendors. Was, you know, ultimately that's my goal is to get to, to the point where we need that size room, but I don't know when exactly that's going to happen. So thank you again for sharing. Feel free to jump into like just the normal stuff you would never normally cover here. Um, the only thing I've really done since then besides work, because I came back to a whole stack of work and, Hey, surprise, all the stuff you haven't been able to get for two years, here's most of it. Get it all done in a week. I was like, uh, that's not going to happen. So, yeah. um, But at home, uh, we started watching, I think it's called The Bastard Son and The Devil Himself on Netflix. Not familiar with either of those. No, it's that's the name of the show. Oh, It's okay. not two. It's The Bastard Son and The Devil Himself, I think is what, how oh, it okay. said. I was very surprised. It was very well done. Okay. Um, I'll put it on the list. Witches and the kid is uh, the son of the most evil witch ever and everything else that goes on. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I think it's set in England, but then they end up in Europe doing some other stuff. So it, it was one of those. I, I thought this was going to be kind of a goofy uh, teen angsty one that I could make fun of. And very quickly I went, no, this has a very serious plot. And I really enjoyed it. So you should try it. I think it's only like eight episodes, so it's not many. But I liked it. Yeah, it'll, it'll definitely go on the list. I'm always looking for things. Unfortunately, the list keeps growing. It doesn't get much shorter, but, you know, things move around on the list. So uh, a yeah. high recommendation might get me to check it out. Uh, what have you been up to? Well, actually, I want to go to John oh, first. John. I feel like, you know, he's oh, the guest. Hey. So tell us a little bit about what you've been up to lately. Well, I mean, I... <laughs> Other than just uh, the Kickstarter, I will say I was at a Catacon and I loved it. Uh, you know, I had such a great time. I loved seeing so many people playing indie games. Uh, the amount of the table, everybody I talked to, I seemed to have a great chat with. And all together, I was just like, man, this is, this is, I, I 100% plan on coming back. Thank you. I had a great time. Next That's time one. I plan on yeah. <laughs> Next time I plan on playing and uh, playing and running some games uh, out on the tables, uh, not just you know manning a booth. But I had a blast. And we I have met a good vibe. And, like yeah. that's the thing. It's it's hard to explain to people because we're so small. But there is a vibe at our event that I just you know again all all humility aside, we're a really cool little thing. You know, it's very indie. We have D and D and Pathfinder, of course, but most of our games are not those. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing that really we are lucky, because I'm not going to say it's me or it's anything intentional, but almost everybody who runs events there runs it because they just love that game and they want to share it with another person. It's not, they don't get for, get a free badge. They're not doing it for, you know, they get swag. They're like, I love this game and I want you to play it. So I'm going to run it for you. That's like 90, 95% of the people who run games. So it just feels It's good. pure. I don't say better, but yeah. Well, pure, no, it's pure. It's pure. Because it's you're you're definitely sharing something that you are passionate about and that you are like I want more people playing this. Yep. And yeah, I absolutely love that. I mean, I had, I had a friend bring his you know Fallout up there, and he ran a few different Fallout games. Uh, you know, and yeah, it it just to me that opportunity to be around people that share my interests and are cool with you know everything. <laughs> Uh, I, I, literally, it's the best, and I'm not, you know, I this. I hope this doesn't sound bad, but it's like the best small con I probably have ever been to. I'd uh, like to hear that. You're not yeah. the only person who's told me that, so thank you. You're welcome. 
I don't, I don't uh, know but, if we'd want the headaches of a Gen Con size convention. No, the paycheck, yes, but uh, the headache, no. No. But uh, other than that, you know, I, I I don't watch too much TV or do much else. I listen to a lot of music and I follow the gaming scene a lot. I'm uh, we just wrapped up a campaign of uh, you know a little short campaign of Alien uh, from Free League. That I loved it. We uh, we had an amazing GM uh, who was running it, uh, Revna. Who I don't know if she's out there watching. I know she's running. She's actually running Alien right now tonight mm-hmm. with another group. Uh, just for fun, but altogether, I mean, I am just blown away by the system. And Revna is an amazing GM who, you know, we're playing at night here, and they're over in the UK, uh, not too far outside of London. So get you know, yeah, yeah. I love I love this world that we're in right now to yeah. some extent. Disease aside, and how terrible right. that is, I love how we have become so much more connected. And able to network with the people that we interact, you know, that we have interests with globally. 100% uh, agree. It's the circumstances that got us there is terrible, but the result is actually really cool. Absolutely. Uh, and then other than that, I'm gearing up to run a uh, Dragon Age game. Mm. So Green Ronin's uh, age system game that they had. And I don't think that they're really distributing it anymore, but I, I think mm. there's such a love for that world. Uh, as a video game, which I love video games, mm-hmm. uh, that that I think has a huge interest for me right now. Yeah, I have the starter set. I think that one came out. There was like three box sets because it's like level yeah. 15. So one to five, six to 10. So I have the first one. It's one of the things I take to a catacon as yep. one of the few RPGs. So yeah, I, and I really like Fantasy Age. I've played it a few times. Every time I play it, like, I have fun, but it doesn't capture me enough. Like I'm going to like run a campaign in it, but I really enjoy playing it at conventions. Yeah, well, the they reworked Dragon Age enough. Uh, like, so the box sets were good intro rule set, but they've kind of fixed it and made Fantasy Age, and then they made the Dragon Age book after that, mm. and it has a different feel because literally, my I, I got in on that Dragon Age game, the box set myself, the first time, and I was playing uh, an elf, you know, rogue, and. We wandered into a town and a turkey kicked our team's butt. Now, which is not unfeasible if you've ever, you know, been around turkeys. But yeah, literally, uh, if the GM had allowed it to, the turkey would have wasted our entire team. Wow. And, you know, maybe that's the type of game you're going for. But for me, no, I no. I, I, I don't <laughs> mind getting whipped by a turkey because it could be hilarious. But if a turkey actually like wipes like TPKs the party, I'm, I'm not playing that game again. Yeah. Yeah. But no, uh, ever since then, I mean, Fantasy Age is a great game. Uh, I love the whole stunt idea. And Dragon Age kind of builds on that and adds so much more depth. So a lot more race options, a lot more class options, a lot more like integral parts that move in the background. And if you are a fan of the video game, it builds on the world and gives you even more information to go with. So that's always fun. Absolutely. Anything else you want to share? You know, uh, that's like the majority of my time, like literally that and running a channel. We're just now ending our last season and uh, the summer season, we were running up to five shows a week. So, yeah, uh, 
now that we're we're finally going into winter, we have two shows that are running. We have one show that's ending next week for going on break. And yeah, I'm going to be enjoying these next few weeks, even though at the same time, Kickstarter going. But right, right, yeah, that's right, it yep. for me. Huh. All right. So Catacon takes over my life for a good quarter of the year. Like the couple months before, that's all I do every waking moment. Uh, obviously, while I'm there, that's all I do every waking moment. And then after it's over, like that first week, I'm still kind of riding the high. If you're if you're in our Discord, like we're just constantly like, uh, you know, troubleshooting and like game planning, like what went well, let's do more of it. What can we do better? How can we fix it? And and I've I've noticed about myself, I'm a, I'm a self-diagnosed manic depressive, and I'm at I'm at the part where now that I'm coming down the other side, I'm actually starting to be like a little bit depressed, just because I don't have all this, like, there's not stuff to do. It's like this weird sort of reverse thing where I don't have a thousand things to do and I have free time. And then now I'm like, wait, now what do I do? So fortunately I have filled that with the Kickstarter that I'm building. Uh, Cause action 12 cinema is coming to Kickstarter. I've got, uh, it's going to be March. I don't have the actual date yet, but it's going to be in somewhere in March. We have our faculty retreat coming up in March as well. My game plan right now is to try to coordinate those two uh, similar to what you did with yours at, at uh, Catacon so I can hit the button and then have something to do for two days and then not obsess over it because I'm a very much an obsessive personality and one who knows me knows that about myself. Yes. Um, so that's kind of my plan is to try to coordinate that together. So we, we shall see. Uh, but yeah, that's basically going to be my life for the next couple months is to getting that Kickstarter ready, hitting go on that sometimes in March and then just fingers crossed that you know, just like everything I do, making money, great. My goal is to not lose money. I want to have enough backers that I can afford the print run. We've got our estimates. They're very reasonable. Pay the artists, you know, what they deserve. If I do well, I'm happy to share some extra money with all the people who help me. Uh, but basically, my goals are all going to be around how can I not lose money and pay myself back? Because I'm already like almost 3000 into this with the art that I got paid. And then I hired someone to help me with the writing and the editing and the layout for the first go around. So I've got some money sunk into it. Uh, you know, I, I can absorb that. I'm, I'm in a privileged place where that's not going to hurt me. But I would like to at least get that back if I make money. Phew, but I'd like to at least get that paid back. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's 99 percent what I'm doing. Um, when saw Wakanda forever huge marvel fan I, I love all the marvel movies even the bad ones i love them all <laughs> i thought wakanda forever was solid i don't think it's as good as the first one i think that based off of the circumstances around that movie and the, the death of chadwick boseman and how they had to re-evaluate and rewrite and redo things i think they did an amazing job and like if you know if you you know why they had to make some of the choices they did it's like okay i can understand but i also think it's way too long and it's, you know, again, this is stuff that people talk about Marvel all the time. If they could remove everything that had nothing to do with that movie and was just there to set up other movies, it could be a good two hour, 10 minutes, and it would be nonstop. You know, you'd be laughing, crying, cheering, and just, you know, blubbering mess at, at the right time. But there's so much stuff in there that really doesn't need to be there other than this movie and this other show that's coming up. And, Normally that doesn't bother me, but it bothered me more this time than it normally does. But still really enjoyed it. Give it a B. Definitely glad I saw it in the theater. Probably won't see it in the theater again, but I will definitely be watching it when it comes on, you know, Disney Plus. Um, and then, you know, again, I watch Great British Baking Show every Friday. I watch an Andor. 
holy smokes is that show good yes. uh, just absolutely one of if not the best star wars content in the last 10 years maybe mm-hmm. again i love last jedi it's my favorite star wars movie i might put andor above that like it's just so good it makes me want to go back and rewatch rogue one makes me want to go back and like rewatch some of the other movies that maybe i didn't like as much maybe thinking that i'm not recontextualize them and like them even more but again i actually spoke to someone at a catacomb we were talking and they're very, they're like i don't watch anything disney made star wars like i basically the the star wars ended for me the day lucas sold it off i'm like totally respect that but you're missing one of the best shows that has ever been made period and one of the best star wars things ever been made cannot speak highly enough of andor I know, Chris, you are right there with me as well. If you want to jump in, you know, I agree. spoilers to anything. <clears throat> Haven't seen uh, today's episode come out. Mm-hmm. Haven't watched that one yet. Um, but I, I I love it. I'm hooked. I love all the inner dynamic. I think all the characters they have are fantastic. I think they've they've developed them really well. And I think you end up with a uh, real interest or curiosity as to where they're going to go with each character even the bad guys so to speak you kind of want to know what's going to happen with them and that's where i think the writing is brilliant because even the empire the 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 different people in the empire and the uh, you know the isb you're curious to see what's going to happen with them yeah absolutely and for me the biggest thing that that i'm attaching to is you know i I watched star wars as a kid you know i'm i'm in my mid-40s I'm in that range where I think, you know, Return of the Jedi, I was like 10, maybe when I saw that in theater, like the perfect age to fall in love with Jedi and Ewoks worked for me, you know, it was just, that's, ex- I was the right perfect age to fall in love with Star Wars. So I grew up loving Star Wars and you grew up loving Star Wars, you know, Empire bad, Rebels good. There's no nuance to that. This show has given you nuance that, yes, the Empire is really, really bad, but it's not just we blew up a planet bad which is obviously terrible, but like the casual evilness of how they just hurt people and how it correlates to maybe some things that we're seeing in our world today that we try not to pay a lot of attention to. And then the rebels, not all good people. They're trying to do the things that they think they need to do for the greater good. Again, anytime you bring up that phrase, you have to you know be careful and we know how it turns out because we've seen the other movies in the future, but it really, it really paints a picture of, this is a world of grays and the empire is well into the dark side of that. No pun intended, but some of the rebels are doing some of the same type of things because of their need to X, Y, or Z. Again, I don't want to give any spoilers. I want to say more than that, but it's, it's a challenging show. Like you can't just root for good guys, root against bad guys. It, it, it causes you to evaluate how you feel. And then again, some of the real world parallels that I'm seeing, it's it absolutely is one of the best shows I think I've ever seen, and I just absolutely love it top to bottom. Every every episode is my new favorite episode. Not all the bad guys, like they're not just doing evil to be evil in this. Now they're doing it because they feel they have some of them almost a righteous cause to do oh, it yeah. because that's what they think is better for everybody. They right. don't. That's why it's realize not just black, like, they're that, not like haha we're uh, evil. It's uh, like no, yeah. I'm I'm this is order. Like the things that I'm doing that are terrible are because that's the, the universe is better if we do this because they just don't. And again, that's why it's challenging because you yep. do have a little bit of sympathy of they don't know they're evil. They're not, again, mustache twirling bad people. They're just they're in a system. They're privileged because they're on this side of it. And so they don't realize 
how awful they're being in the in the the name of the order of in the empire. So yeah, again, it's yeah. just oh my god, it's 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 so much. Fun's not the right word to say, but it's enjoyable to watch it and mm-hmm. rewatch the episodes. And then there's also callbacks and Easter eggs, you know, all the stuff you yeah. want to see in Star Wars. So I cannot highly recommend it enough. We, I could keep talking about that for hours. But I we could. must move on. Yes. Uh, so now it's time for our first improv game, and this is 10 Things. And this is where we will take turns prompting each other to try to come up with a list of 10 things that fit the prompt. The idea here is immediacy is more important than accuracy. So coming up with a list quickly, even if half of them don't make sense, is better in terms of the game than taking your time and coming up with a list of 10 things that fit the prompt perfectly. John, you're our guest. So you get to choose, do you want to go first in terms of giving Chris or I a prompt? Or would you like to go first in terms of one of us prompting you to give your list first? Ooh, let's go with the first choice there on that one. You're going to prompt one of us? I will try to prompt one of y'all. Okay, so you can prompt either one you want, and that'll kind of start the circle, and we'll go around from there. So again, you just want to give us a list of 10 things, and these can be anything you can think of, like favorite movies, uh, books you wish you had written, you know, uh, favorite actors. Again, absolutely anything, just 10 of an X, and then we will try to come up with a list. You list off several there that were pretty good, but I'm also, yeah, I, I say let's have some fun with it. And uh, how about 10 things that uh, you walk in, especially after a catacon, 10 things that you would find in a catacon room, uh, hotel room after the con was ended. If you were housekeeping and you showed up, what were oh 10 God. things that people would leave behind? All right. So is that for Chris or for myself? Uh, let's go for you, Michael. Okay. Um, deck sleeves. Because I sleep all my games and I would have left some behind. One. My room key and the other room key and then the other room key because I keep forgetting I have them, I lose them, and then I find them later and so I have plenty many. Um, so is that my two sleeping or bag. four? That will count as one. Okay, two. Uh, my, my sleeping bag. Three. My weighted blanket because I travel with it everywhere. Four. Uh, money because I have a habit of losing that for some reason. Five. Lose uh, it some board wallet. games. Six. Um. T-shirts, definitely my Catacon T-shirts. Seven. Um, my list of things to do differently next year. Eight. My cosplay outfit. Nine. Leave that And um, my underwear. T- ten. Wow. <laughs> there you go. These were that, a list of ten things. was, in fact, a list of ten things. <clears throat> All right. So to keep the circle going, I will prompt Chris, and then Chris will, will uh, final or wrap things up uh, prompting you. So, Chris. Yes. Give me 10. Okay, I'll do that. Okay, okay. okay yes, this is good. All right, all so right. we're, we're going to have faculty retreat. That's going to be the all next right. big thing that we do. Give me 10 games you want to play at our next faculty retreat. Uh, Hanabi. One. Uh, the and Mind. And two and three and four. Yeah. <laughs> the Mind. Mind, two. Uh, Marvel Zombies. Three. Better be in. Just saying. Uh, I'd like to play some Battlestar Galactica. Four. Uh, the Transformers collectible card game. I enjoyed that. Five. Uh, Scooby-Doo Dread. Six. Hint, hint. Um, we could do some action cinema 12 because I might have some new Seven. people there. Yep, um, nice. Let's go with uh, the G.I. Joe deck builder. Eight. Uh, DC deck builder rebirth. Nine. That's another one. And uh, Legendary. Yeah, woo. that was in fact a list of 10 things. <clears throat> All right, so now, Chris, you will prompt John. All right, John. Uh, okay, you, let's see if I can do this. <laughs> you, you mentioned this earlier, so if you can give me uh, 10 things you love about uh, Dragon Age. Ooh, 10 things I love about Dragon Age. Gritty. It is a gritty world. Wow. Uh, 
I'm I'm a I'm a old war gamer and I love blood and guts. Uh blood and guts is heavy in that system. Too. Uh BioWare makes incredible games. That uh uh, at the same time, let's go ahead and talk about romance options. Ooh, I'm nice. sorry. I, I might be ace, but uh, I find ro- that romance in games to be absolutely fun. Sure. Uh, I love the elves and what they did with them and that they're not long-lived. Five. Five. I think that they're uh, up until now the, the next book coming from Pathfinder where they're going to do good with the dwarves. I think that dragon age their dwarves reprise some of the most interesting fantasy dwarves that there have ever been Six. the gods and the fact that the gods might exist amongst people which i guess we're going to find out in the next game Seven. going on from there how about orlay in general this uh a fantasy universe that feels a little bit more uh french than uh we'll say our standard english fantasy that we usually get eight eight Okay, and uh, now we're going to start getting into harder ones. Uh, we're going to talk about the blight. The blight is an interesting thing to face because it's something that you can't fix. It's only something you can run from. Right. Uh, yeah, you can take on the dragon, but uh, otherwise, that's that to me is amazing. Okay. Last but not least, I absolutely love the fact that they were named their world Thetis. Because Thetis is literally the Dragon Age system. So it's a little, it's T H E and the D A S. So nice. Ten. That was in fact a list of ten things. Excellent. All right. So now we're going to use go into used books. Um, and again, normally this is a time where we talk about a campaign one of us has played in or ran, and we try to mine it for some lessons learned, how we can improve our GMing skills or player skills. Tonight we're going to do things a little bit different. Uh, John was a very kind and allowed me to come on his show and talk about Action 12 Cinema and help. Again, it was the first actual play we've ever done live on the air. It's going to be a big part of the Kickstarter. Make sure people can go watch it. So I want to return the favor because John currently has a Kickstarter that not only is it running right now, but he launched it from a catacon, from his booth. And last I saw, you were up almost 500% to goal. So you're doing very well, though I think your goal is too low. We'll talk about that. So we're here to talk about Gutter Punk. So you got, you know, 20 minutes or so. Just tell us all about Gutter Puck. What is it? Why should we, and by we, I mean the audience listening, go and support you right now and back it. All right. So Gutter Punk is, for me, uh, an idea that came up in a lot of ways. But just the elevator pitch, starting off there, is that you are punks. And you are transported to another world where uh, kind of a Iske or Alice in Wonderland style where you find yourself not in our reality and you are facing the forces of what is authority with magic, music, and attitude. Uh, to me, I, I wanted to make a game for a lot of different reasons that filled, checked a few boxes. Uh, one of those boxes that I wanted to check was the idea of punk in a game. There are a lot of games out there that talk about punk in general or have that word as a buzzword or just something that is... Uh, oh, it's different, so therefore it's punk. And I wanted to uh, create a game where punk is center stage and it takes on parts of the culture of it as well as aspects of the music. Uh, I was actually in the punk scene in the 90s. Uh, I you know, played with bands in some of the most rundown, horrible places to <laughs> skate parks out front of town halls. 
uh, I've really got into the whole idea of anti-authority and the culture thereof. And so to me, I wanted something that, you know, took on that aspect and captured parts of, you know, a reality that I love, you know, a movement that I love. Okay. Uh, so throughout the book, you're going to run into, uh, it kind of dances back and forth between the idea of a, obviously a game book, but also laid out and designed in such a way that it is also representative of the punk zines and magazines that I grew up with. So it has interviews in it, uh, with current musicians. Uh, it has stories from people all over America from coast to coast, uh, like I have a few interviews in there from Matthew Orr from What It Games, because uh, he went to a few concerts and everything in the uh, punk back in his days. Uh, John McGuire, uh, Hambone McGuire, runs the Vintage RPG podcast. He's in there, and he's uh, he was in a punk band. Uh, he actually like I think his band once opened for My Chemical Romance. Oh. Uh, he has a band now called Secret Country. And I have uh, people from all over just send in stories. Uh, I have a person roller derby in there and so i want to bring all the you know all that part of punk together but at the same time create a game so it has that it's like a punk zine but at the same time it flows like a game book so it is actually readable because if you've ever seen zines a lot of times they are just crazy and chaotic and i absolutely love them but i wanted something that is approachable for everybody uh, now as far as the game goes one of my big boasts with this game is that you can take uh, – there is a section of the game where you are making music. Uh, in this world, music is magic. Magic is music. You play a song using something called riffs in the game. And if you follow the rules, you actually can take your dice rolls from the game and apply it to something and actually turn it into music in our world. That's very cool. I know nothing about music, so I have no concept of how that would work. But yeah. as in the idea, I think that's really neat. It's one of those things where it's just there to flavor. Uh, I wanted, you know, I wanted something where uh, th- there are mechanics for the co- the common test, but I also wanted to pull in music. I wanted that to be a cornerstone because there are so many uh, games, even video games out there, that say heavy metal or punk or rock. And do you, uh, you know, other than maybe Rock Band, when you are playing this game, do you actually feel like a musician? Do you actually feel like there's that moment that it captures for you? And a lot of them, it's just like the uh, this stereotype. And I was like, what if I could create a game that kind of shatters that barrier between two arts? Because writing and gaming is an art. You know, when we are playing something and presenting something and telling stories, stories are art. But what it, could we take that and bridge that gap and actually turn it into music as well and have something that we could say, hey, this is real. And so, I mean, with my background, punk music, you know, I, I was in a band for over 10 years. Uh, I was actually signed to a little local label back oh, in Houston, cool. Texas. And uh, I did that for a while. And then I also have a degree in music. Uh, my my basic degree is a degree in art focusing in music and so that all combined together and it's like I, I i knew a way very simple to turn the game into being able to do that and you don't really have to have any training in music whatsoever to do it uh, that was one of my biggest things and uh but at the same time 
if you decide to do it, boom, there's that opportunity. Right. So, so uh, very impassioned yeah. baseline. I love all of that. Um, so I have I have several questions, but I always talk too much, and Chris never gets a word in. So I'm gonna go to him first. Do you have any questions for John here? Chris? Oh, ten years. That's about uh, nine and a half more than my band lasted. It's uh, how yeah. it is a lot of times. Yeah, I, in college we started off as a ska band, and then ended up quickly in a punk band because we couldn't get a horn section. And then I had arguments with the band because all they wanted to do is swear in the microphones and yell, we hate everybody. And I'm like, I only hate stupid people. The rest I kind of like. So um, I just stepped back because I said, you know, that's not really my thing. Um, so kudos to you for making it 10 years. It's yeah. way longer than most people did. Um, I, I, I like the idea of, you know, music is magic. Magic is music. That's a cool idea. Um, I feel like there was a video game that kind of did that. You ran around and played as a musician. and I think, think there was, was a video game, uh, and it was voiced by Jack Black, too, I think. Uh, uh, Brutal Legend. Yeah, Brutal Legend. There you go. Yeah, it was like a, it was, that was more of a rock thing. I like had a, an axe guitar that was actually an axe, I believe. He kind of looked like Lobo from the comics, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Hmm. It's not the one I was thinking of, but it doesn't matter. Oh. Um, the one I was thinking of, you you character played music and then the spells would come out but it was more of a fantasy thing i feel like it was years ago mm. but the bard maybe like a... could have been i don't know I... somebody will, somebody will tell us and yeah. i'll go yep, says they that's love it. brutal legend yeah, i haven't played that one um I, I like the fact that you said a lot of games use the word punk but don't necessarily use it right that's always been kind of one of my things with like cyberpunk it's like yeah is it punk or is it just more of you just saying i'm not going to go against corporations yeah I... yeah well it's it's one of those things where uh the expression thereof like yeah. uh in music uh there are all kinds of different uh genres you know oh. and then there are sub genres yeah. and uh at one time uh weird juxtaposition but i uh, you know i played music uh after i got out of punk music i had played music for whoever would hire me uh pretty much and i ended up playing music at a church and i remember one uh guy like hit this thing where uh, at one point he was like it can't be called christian music it doesn't say christ in it at least once and so all of a sudden th the question came up well, what about all these other things that we say you know, here's this music that we can give our kids that we think is clean. Or here's the, you know, what about this? This song doesn't do that. Does that break the rule? And I think a lot of times uh, we get a little bit too focused on it. But ultimately, uh, you know, my, my thing is, is, okay, like cyberpunk, I think, is punk to some extent. Because you are, uh, yes, there is the anti-corporation uh, purpose. But at the same time, it's the lesson that the game gives you in the end is that here's a world that, corporations have taken over and you're not really playing a punk character all the time. I mean, you could be playing corporate stooge, but in right. the end you're walking away with the idea that uh, authority is bad. The corporations are out to get you too much power kills. A lot of times we put labels on things that uh, destroy it. And then we rebel against that label and any part of that label that was once good, it doesn't matter. Now we just throw out the whole thing. 
Yeah. So it's like one of those things where abolish labels. And cyberpunk does that, but it's a lesson you walk away with. It's not in the game a lot of times. Right. Huh. It's good. But uh, yeah, that that that's kind of my theory on it anyway. But uh, you know, how many like steampunk Mm -hmm. is purely an aesthetic. Yes. There is nothing about it that is technically anti-authority or anti-establishment. It is more, hey, we have we have goggles and gears. Like steam tech, yeah. Aesthetic, it's just yeah. Like uh, gears and, and goggles on stuff. And yep. you have to say cheerio and pip pip yep. a lot. Pip pip cheerio and all that rot. Yeah, you know, uh, there's. Uh, I think most recently there's dream punk, where you exist in a technicolor world with clouds and everything else, and there is no government and no authority there. So therefore, that's the only thing about it that is punk. I'm like that, but is that punk? <laughs> Well, that brings me kind of to my my first question that I had um, is I think it's an interesting choice and I'm just interested to hear your thought process that this game is a game where you are a punk and then you are transported to another world and your punkness transfers with you. So Mm -hmm. you are a punk here. You go to a whole new world. Guess what? You're still a punk there. And there's just something about that 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 kind of tickles me that it's not just that you're anti-establishment. There's just something about you that makes you a punk no matter where you go. And I just mm-hmm. so I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about like what the thought process was in saying this is not, is it just because you wanted there to be magic in the world, the magic of music, or was there something else behind that decision? So it actually uh, stems from my time uh, playing and the, the f- fact that it feels like you're in a different world. Uh, when you're in the, when you're in the punk scene and when you're in punk music, you feel like you're in a different world. You feel like everybody's out to get you. You feel like the world is utterly and completely broken and beyond redemption. Uh, you actually you, you feel a disconnect, and so that was what I brought into the game with it being in another dimension. Is this disconnect from everybody else uh, in, in the game? There are no other humans present except the punks. Everything else there is some sort of monster or denizen that has taken that takes their their that part in reality. Uh, the two most normal or the two most numerous enemies within the game are called Boltheads and uh, Norms. Boltheads, uh, I mean, I can say it here are pretty much Frankenstein-style monsters in appearance, and their only purpose is to fulfill their job as a construct, and that is to go to work, to go to you know come home to eat and then to go to sleep and start it all over again. And norms in the world are uh, pretty much imagine perfect physical specimens as far as the body goes. Uh, Yeah. Just like us. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I, I usually think of uh, like Coca-Cola ads in the Mm fifties or WandaVision Uh, the people in that, the scenes where they were that, that perfect world kind of look. Yes. Uh, But on that, imagine a world uh, where these creatures have unnatural grins, just teeth everywhere, giant grin, wide eyes. I often tell people when I'm when I'm running it for them, imagine uh, the music video Black Hole Sun by Soundgarden and that those exaggerated features. Imagine that on that figure. <laughs> the Joker Sorry. grin. The, yeah. Uh, the Jack Nicholson Joker grin. But all teeth and this look of danger and 
the overall idea again is kind of can't capture in that punk aspect of you know society and the people who actively participate in it probably aren't your friends and probably aren't really interested in you know really having much to do with you so um so again, we mentioned that you allowed me to have Action Twelve Cinema on your show. So if people are <coughs> interested now, but they're like, "Hey, I want to hear or see this play," do you currently have some APs out there on yeah. your channel or otherwise that people could go? So I have two uh, actual plays out there of this currently, and I'm about to be doing a third. Uh, there are two, which if you go to my our website rookandrasp.com. And then click on the link that says play. It, a drop down will take you immediately to Gutter Punk. And on that page are links to the two Gutter Punk actual plays. Uh, this weekend on Saturday, I'm doing a third one. Uh, and that one will be with, uh, with the boys from the Baltic Star, which is an actual play channel in the UK. Nice. And uh, I'm really looking forward to that because they're all a bunch of old punks and uh, they are. Of they're they're my they're older than me or my age mainly, and they lived near the uh, what we call the Bromley Contingent, which uh, is like one of the birthplaces of punk music. It, it was a group of people that went to Sex Pistols shows, and uh, in that group were people like Billy Idol, uh, Susie okay. Sue, Linda Lunch, uh, and you go down the list of all these famous people in the punk scene uh, of that era of the seventies. If they were from the UK. They were probably a part of that group. Nice. Sure. And so, so to, to be with people and to be running a game with people who uh, have that experience, I'm really going to look forward to, honestly. I'm sure nice. if we hit your socials, there'll be links and everything mm-hmm. shouted out about. So we'll put the links to your socials in our show notes as well. So we're in, we got only a few minutes left. I want to make sure we hit some important things. So the Kickstarter is running right now. Yes. We, are, we were recording this on November 16th. The audio-only version will probably come out early next week. So when does the Kickstarter end? What is our time frame to be able to support you here? Uh, Kickstarter ends on uh, December 5th. Currently, uh, yeah, we've got plenty of time. The uh, As far as stretch goals and everything else goes, we only have one of our top tier left, and that is the opportunity to make a character that will be illustrated by our illustrator and placed in the book. Okay. So what is like the base level? I just want to support so, you. I can throw any amount. Yeah. If I actually want a PDF or the low entry, like yep. what's the entry PDF level? is $10 and the uh, physical copy of the book will be 25 Okay. Does that include nice. shipping or that usually comes after? Shipping is afterwards. Yeah, That's so. kind of standard right now. Um, and then I always like to talk about the mechanics. So what is this a system you made up on your own? Is it like yeah. a version? So, so tell me a little bit about how the mechanics of the game would All actually right. work. So the mechanics are based on something that's called riff uh, in the game. And riff ratings are, uh, I wanted to move behind, beyond like what we consider, uh, you know, strength, dexterity, wisdom, uh, moving from system to system, speed, uh, any of those sorts of categories. And I was like, because when you play a game, ultimately you, want, you don't just want to port something over. I wanted to, to make something that was thematic and the actual ideas fit within it. Uh, of the stats. And so what I have in there are things that we consider parts of the punk culture, bold, caustic, uh, you know, uh, witty, empathetic. These are going to be the actual stats that you have, and they have a rating within them. And the way the game works is that uh, 
you know, after character creation, you make a character, you're going to take a D6, you're going to roll that, you're going to add your riff rating, depending on the action you are doing. Each one of those can apply in a physical, mental, or social aspect. Uh, being bold is being stalwart. It's the ability to stand up to something. It's taking a hit or taking an insult. Uh, being uh, empathetic can just as easily be saying the right thing at the right, right time or you know, carrying a friend home after they passed out. So each one of those uh, kind of fits within that. And then beyond that, uh, within the character mechanics are uh, kicks. Kicks are special things. I think of them almost as in other game systems, feats, where they grant skill bonus, you know, they grant you bonuses. They can provide you a certain mystic quality to your character. Uh, all of the kicks are actually based off of things in the music world. Some of them people are going to be aware of. Some of them people are not. Uh, some of them refer to uh, different things within punk history. Uh, and it's, so it's a great way to learn a little bit on the back end that way too. Uh, and, but those will assign bonuses to those roles. And then the only other mechanic I've mentioned since we, got, since we don't have much time is feedback. So uh, all tests are done versus the GM. So it's a roll-off. Scenes have tempo. I should, say, I should mention that. So a scene has a tempo, which is the level of difficulty coming into an event. After the GM gives a description, the tempo is set. So the player decides to take an action that has a risk to it. They're going to roll a D6 plus their riff rating. The GM is going to roll a D6 plus the tempo of the scene. If the player is successful, the tempo then can lower because obviously things are starting to go their way. The number lowers, things are getting better, uh, or they can take a point of feedback. Feedback becomes like a, uh, think, uh, I'm trying to think of another system that does something similar. I know Suede has Benny's, mm -hmm. where it assigns a plus one per you know, poker chip. Uh, this game with uh, feedback is a plus one bonus that you can use later on any test. Uh, but if the GM is successful in the roll-off, they can get a uh, point of feedback, or they can increase the tempo, making the scene harder for future roles for all players. Tempo applies to everybody. Gotcha. Okay. And so the game is designed to be very quick-paced and fast, much like punk music in general, so that you pretty much are always keeping that story going. Very cool. I, I really, I, it's very clear that you're not only passionate, but educated in, not, you know, in music and in the punk scene. So I love how you incorporated the specificity that like, if I'm like, I want to do a game about punk. It'd be like, you know, people with mohawks and shiny bangles fighting against the man. Yeah, absolutely no. no actual character to it. Uh, so it's very clear that you're knowledgeable and passionate. I love to see that you, you built a game. When, when people talk about write about what, you know, this is kind of oh, what yeah. you're talking about. Um, yeah, no, so I love that. And again, I love it's doing so well. Uh, so again, you were, your goal was just like 500 bucks originally. You're over yeah. 2,500 now. Yeah, we're at, uh, we're, yeah, we're over 2,500 now. We're at 530 something percent of our goal. Nice. And my goal initially was to do a print run here in the United States at one of the uh, local, you know, print companies of 50 bucks, 50 books. Mm -hmm. And that, costs right there in that $500 range. And then it just psh, took off. Hmm. Nice. nice. Chris, do you have any uh, questions before we move on? I just like how you said, everything moves fast like punk. Well, I remember when I was in my little punk band, I played drums and guy writing songs like, how fast can you play? <laughs> and I'm like, how fast do you want me to cramp up? That's a better question. So 
that song lasted about two minutes, and I was like, I'm done. I'd throw the sticks and be like, we're done. That's how we ended the song. So yeah, it's kind of how I would end that the game. I was like, we're done. I will say uh, just a little Easter egg because I don't mention it on my website at all. If you go to the Kickstarter and watch the video at the top, that is my band uh, playing uh, the music in that Kickstarter video. Nice. That's very cool. Very cool. Yeah. So, again, you've got a good two weeks plus uh, to support it. By the time you're hearing this, you probably have two weeks, maybe 10 days. Uh, please go take a look at the Kickstarter if it's something you can support. We think if it's just the donation level. Uh, please consider throwing some more money their way, getting them further ahead. Because, again, as a small-time creator about to launch their own Kickstarter, I know how important that can be. And then we'll have links to all the Kickstarter, all the show, uh, you know, social media links, everything that you have mentioned. There will be links in our show notes to make it easy for people to get there. All Thanks. right. So with that done, we're going to move into our next improv game. This is everyone's favorite part of the show. I say that with air quotes you can't see. And that is Where Have My Fingers Been?, this is a game where we'll once again take turns prompting one another. This time, it's to create a short scene that involves two or more, if you get frisky and you want to add Mr. Pinky, that are having an interaction or a conversation. John, you're once again the guest. Would you like to go first in terms of prompting Chris or I, or go first in terms of giving the scene, or giving the, the uh, yeah, the scene? And you also have to sing the song, but I'll explain that in a minute. Okay. Uh, you know, I will let one of y'all, because I, I this, this is the one that probably catches me off guard the most yeah so. it, it, everyone does so you just choose are you going to give chris a scene or me a scene first how about i'll give you a scene all right so then i have to sing the song it's very important people people will ride in the streets punk punk it will be alive if we don't do this <laughs> so the song goes where have my fingers been i said where have my fingers been and then now you will tell me where my fingers have been all right so how about the uh, you in line at the grocery store getting your stuff together for Thanksgiving, and the people around you uh, probably grabbed the last turkey. Somebody else in line. All right. Oh, definitely need two of those. Oh, two of those. Dad, we don't need any more Oreos. Shut up. We need Oreos. These are double stuff. Duh. All right. Fine. Whatever. All right. Uh, can you can you grab the turkey? Sure, Dad. Uh, Dad, yeah, what? There are no turkeys. It's, a, it's Christmas and Thanksgiving. There's got to be like a thousand turkeys. You're, you're. Are you dumb? Are you stupid? I would never talk to my kids. Are you, are you wrong? Are you, are you mistaken? No, Dad. Seriously, come with me. Okay. Holy smelly spat, man! There's no turkeys. What's going on? That guy's got a turkey, and that girl's got a turkey, and that, that guy has two turkeys. All right, here we go. This is what we're gonna do. I'm going to fake a heart attack. Dad, we're not doing the fake heart attack again. But it works every time. It has never worked even once in the history of man. This time it'll do it. I'm going to fake a heart attack. You lift one of the turkeys out, put it in our cart, run to the front. I'll meet you there. And that's where my fingers have been. <laughs> Yay. It's a cliffhanger. Yay. <coughs> All right. So I will now prompt Chris. Chris will finish the circle with you, John. So Chris, sing the song. Where have my fingers been? I said, where have my fingers been? Your fingers are two cops who've been called to a grocery store where a man has faked a heart attack trying to steal a turkey. All right. Quick. Let's get in there. Uh, I gave CPR last time. Oh, no, 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 no. You do the stork shaw. You get to do mouth to mouth. I'll do the chest compressions. Look at him. He's, he's face down drooling with a weird mohawk. Like... What do you want me to do with that? Just 
I got it. One, two, three, four, five. Breathe. Not happening. <laughs> no, no, come on. You got... Dude, I'm not doing it. Come on, man. This will be the fourth one we've lost this... Wait, he's walking away. Where's he? He's running away. Oh, maybe I should have kissed him. I mean, mouth to mouth. Oh, well. Let's go get some donuts. And that's where my fingers have been. Yay! Mm. Actually, right, so now way to commit to the bit, Michael. Yeah, we, we, lower, we lower the bar as low as yeah, we can yeah. get, so it's fairly easy for our guests to step over. All right, <clears> so Chris will now give you your prompt, but you must sing the song first. Where have my fingers been? Oh, where have my fingers been? Love it. Uh, perfect. Um, you are taking your friend to meet your favorite musician, who they have no idea who it is. Oh, that's very easy, because that's usually how it is. <laughs> Guys, seriously, I know you have no clue who this person is, but his name is Michael Ross, and he is amazing. He is, without a doubt, the best guitarist. In the 70s, he had this great music video. Uh, He was in a church singing, and there was like this gospel choir and this guitarist. The guitarist, I swear, uh, without a doubt, like Axl Rose stole his look. Uh (laughs) Sure, okay, I'll come with you. This is Michael Ross. Hi. Uh no no uh Michael, I am I am I'm your biggest fan. Look, I have a tattoo right here. I'm not going I'm gonna <laughs> let you guess where the tattoo is. Um I didn't know you had a tattoo. Uh that that's not important. Uh, Michael, please sign this. And We'll go ahead and end it there. Hey. And that's where your fingers have been. I'm going to assume the inner thigh, but, you know. You know, uh, he turned around. around. It could have been anywhere. Could have been gotta anywhere. Be, you got to have a tramp stamp. It's from the <laughs> 70s and 80s. All right. <coughs> so now we can move on to what is basically the last part of the show. It's called Cryptozoology. And this is where we take a look at a monster, usually related to D&D, but not always. Uh, we talk about ways maybe we have used this monster in the past if we have. We brainstorm some ways that we could use it in the future. John, you're the guest tonight. What monster have you brought us to talk about? So tonight, I uh, I chose a monster inadvertently uh, for a book. Yes, that we uh, that I actually just got in the mail. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so where'd you where'd you get that book, by the way? Uh, th- this book was uh, for being a uh, in the chat, I believe, of this uh, <laughs> Twitch channel. It was called. Uh, I will remember uh, the the RPG Academy. I've heard of them. Me too. Yeah, and I won this book, and uh, you know somehow through uh, the machinations of fate, it found its way to me through the post. Yes, uh, I was supposed to deliver it, hand deliver it, and I forgot, so I ended up having to pay like ten bucks <laughs> shipping. But that's all. I'm me. so sorry. No, it's, it's, it's absolutely gorgeous, by the way. Uh, the book, the cover. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. Uh, but that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about this monster. So I chose the Bagman. Okay. And uh, you know, in the world of D anD know, I I played adventure games. That's kind of where I started. I think where a lot of people start is in adventure games, and then you move into other RPGs. When I was younger, there were a lot more competing RPGs that were big. So. But so I don't play a lot of fantasy anymore, and I feel like fantasy needs some monsters with a backstory. Yes. 
uh, I think that it's you know it's not enough for you just to show up in a room and there's a goblin, or there's you know there's a troglodyte, or there's uh, you know or whatever else. A Tarask has suddenly decided to make tea in this dungeon's you know kitchen. Uh, but I was like, you know, the the bagman to me is a very interesting creature because it has a backstory, and that is that. Uh, a group of adventurers were in this dungeon and in order to save themselves from some horrible fate or one of them save themselves from a horrible fate crawled into their bag of holding and then could not get back out so they are stuck in this interdimensional space trapped there and over time the magical energy of the bag warped and changed them and so now they live in this interdimensional space always trying to get back to where they were and so they, they're this this kind of eerie, creepy creature okay. that will every night, cra- uh, according to the legends, crawl out of a bag of a random bag of holdings somewhere in the world to see if they have gotten home yet. And if not, they take one of the adventurers with them back into the bag and leave a little trinket behind. And so I'm like, there's a there's a backstory there. It's kind of terrifying. It has kind of a horror story element. Oh, for sure. And uh, that to me, it's like all of a sudden. I mean, I I could definitely do a one shot based off that monster alone. Oh yeah. You know, definitely. Now, have you used the Bagman before? Have you or in a or something similar to that? Or were you just inspired by this backstory? I was. And you want to use it? Now I want to use it. I'm I was definitely inspired by that because like I said, it's got a story to it all and that captures my attention. I mean when when we were doing this and you said I needed to find a monster, I was like, ooh, I want to find a monster that kind of expresses myself. Do I want to go and uh yank down the book of Thieves World? Uh, you know, one of the old Green Ronin books and see if I can find a monster in that and I was like, nah, let's let's find something that's still usable today and something that's still around and uh yeah. Now I'm. I, I, it's one of those things where I definitely want to bring this in. Like I, I could even see using it in, in outside of Dungeons and Dragons and finding a way for this, uh, cre- you know, this creature to exist in something. Yeah, I, I think this definitely crosses huh, the dimensions uh, into various <laughs> types of games. Uh, my first thought for you, because I've never used it specifically before, would be um, the classic: somebody misses a knight, and so their character is the one that gets taken by the bagman. It certainly would be better, I think, if the players are already familiar with this lore, so I don't have to explain the lore at the same time I introduce them. But then it becomes sort of a Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness style game where you're jumping, trying to follow, because you're going into the same interdimensional space to try to find them. So you're jumping from reality to reality. The you know the Bagman, maybe time is, is different there, so it's not just an easy one-to-one. But this is just an excuse to jump through many different planes of existence and have these very sort of minimal encounters with these various interdimensional beings because it's, again, hopefully a one-shot because the player will be there next week, so you kind of have to get to the end of it. But it's just a way to maybe like foreshadow some of the different places that the characters might go in the future. Uh, Maybe they meet an NPC that becomes very important that they have to go to later, but it's almost sort of like a quirky, just reality hopping one shot adventure. That could be a ton of fun for the night that Sarah can't be there or something like that. Mm -hmm. Chris, you have any thoughts on how you might use a bag man in your game? Lots. I mean, horror is one of my things. Um, I I love the, kind of the imagery of this creature slowly 
coming up out of the bag and just taking somebody and slowly moving back in. I think that would be a really creepy visual. I mean, you you could do. I mean, the the simple thing of hey, you're in a village and people keep disappearing, and then the the party comes across and they find a bag of holding. They have no idea that that's where the bagman's come out of, and now they have to deal with it one night. You know, it's kind of a random encounter. Hey, you think you've got yourself a nice bag of holding? Well, surprise! Now you've got to deal with this creature that comes out. You know, I don't know how tough the creature is. I mean, you could reskin this to be any creature that comes out. Yeah, I don't think it just... has stats. <clears throat> From what I can see, it's just the backstory. Like, it's not actually listed yep. anywhere that I'm oh. seeing right now. Perfect. I, I, that I think makes it, makes it even scarier. Easier. Yeah, I mean, 20th level wizard just been warped his mind completely to, you know, beyond madness to, you know, almost a, a, a psych, you know, um, you know, a murderer. And he just comes out of there because he has to keep feeding what he thinks is the bag somehow or something like that. He's just pulling souls in there, however you want to talk about it. You know, that's going to definitely freak a party out when something comes up and it's throwing spells out or even just a you know, big fighter that's punching people really hard. I mean, I could really have a lot of fun with that. You yeah. could even have something started doing, but like maybe they're essentially um, not immortal, but they're just like indestructible in our world. And the only way to defeat them is to go into their world after them. So, that, you know, again, it's, it's a way to kind of even the playing field where you have these very powerful characters and they're absorbing fireballs, they're absorbing arrows and punches and swords. Uh, but the only way to actually fight them, you have to go in the world after them. And then once you've defeated them there, maybe they're, you know, pretty I'd say easy, but they're manageable. Then how do you get home? Because now you're in the same boat they were. So it's not just an easy like, oh, we pop in. Now you're lost sort of a situation. I would even have kind of more fun with that. You know, let's say we're playing and John's like, hey, life hit me, man. I got to step out for four or five months of gaming. I might be able to say to John, oh, you want to come back and have some real fun? Your character's been this bag man for the past four or five months. But to him, it's been multiple years. Now the party rescues him. He comes out of the bag. Now they have to deal with the reality of what he's become. And that could be a fun little twist, too, because now that would allow, you know, hey, John, take your character in a different direction now. Do, do that or, uh, you know, a almost a soul exchange kind of thing. Like the only way for you to cease to be the bag man is to actually make someone else it. Mm, okay, yeah. Yes. I feel, I feel like I played in a game where that was the idea with the magic item is you had to give it to somebody else, but they had to willingly take it type thing. Yep. I mean, you could do something where, um, again, the 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 item that's left behind is the important thing. Uh, you know, maybe maybe you twist the lore a little bit where the, the whatever's left behind is something important. It's not just a random trinket, but it's like this is almost like a last ditch effort. And so you're like, we have to have this thing. So you're like, well, let's let's maybe summon the bagman with the intent of getting this item, and then risk the idea of being taken so it's a, it goes with a risk versus reward so maybe they have to research like what the ritual is i know it mentions in here like you speak some certain words over an open bag of holding to try to lure the bag man out so it's almost like you know you're summoning uh what is the thing in the mirror 
Kid. Uh, Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary, or Candy almost Man. like you're summoning a genie mm-hmm. trying to make a wish, but then it's an evil genie sort of situation. Like you could have a lot of fun where it's like, we know this is a bad idea, much like going into a bag of holding to survive is, but is it the best idea in our current situation? I really like that idea as well. And, you know, top it off, you can take it in a direction where ultimately to end the curse of whatever is taking place, you have to defeat whatever caused that person to crawl in the back. Oh, okay. Uh, so something they, they and their party couldn't defeat, now it's on you. Mm-hmm. Or you could even have it where the character that comes out is actually a very tragic character that the party decides they want to help. But now you've got to figure out, you know, what's the item they need or do they need to defeat that creature? And then they become an NPC that the party has to interact with on a regular basis. You could make it that they're very weak because of the bag and until they complete whatever quest they have to, they can't actually, you know, break the curse. You'd have to have the right party that wants to interact yeah. with, you know, right. kind of a yeah. dark, yeah. somber type game, but. I'm all for also, that. You also make it silly where they're just like really annoying and like, you know, they, again, you can't really kill them unless you go in the bag of holding. They just pop out at the most inconvenient time and they're just like Gilbert Gottfried voiced, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, you're trying to sneak and all of a sudden it's like, Hey Gary, what you doing? You know, from the bag of holding on their hip, that could be just, you know, again, taking it in a certainly different way. Yeah. yeah. And I was thinking more, uh, I, I don't know if y'all have ever played Baldur's Gate, but uh, Deacon, the uh, yes. Cobalt, and having it be that, that individual. But I mean, when you said annoying, that's immediately who it jumped <laughs> in my brain. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so as always, again, we'll throw it out to the audience. If anyone, if you've had an experience with a Bagman, the Bagman, or a similar creature, or if you have some ideas for ways that it could be used in the future, please let us know. Email the show, the RPG Academy at gmail.com, or comment in the, any of the places that we post this. Uh, but we're going to move now into our final section of the night, and this is our audience Q&A. We do have a couple people who are watching who have chatted. If you're still around and you want to ask some questions to John or Chris or I or all of us, please do. Uh, makes sense that they're RPG-related, but hey, you do you. We, we reserve the right to not answer them if we don't think they're appropriate. Uh, but we know there's a little bit of a delay, so while we're waiting for that delay to catch up, we're going to go around the horn and one more time drop our socials. Where can people find us? So, John, where can people interact with you on the Internet? Oh, okay. So... Just about everywhere on the internet. I personally am at Passion Nerdly. Uh, so Twitter, Instagram, uh, and as well on Facebook, I do have a group for that. Uh, Passion Nerdly is where I do uh, graphic layout work. I, you know, I do bat- book layout, and I also do uh, layout for Twitch streams. Nice. So. And then that's Passion Nerdly? Passion Nerdly instead of Passionately, Passion Nerdly. Gotcha. So. And again, there'll be links to that in our show notes. And Chris, where can people interact with you on the interwebs? Uh, Twitter's usually the easiest, uh, Burlu underscore Chris. You can also hear me on the Redemption podcast, uh, finishing up our final season this year, and then several different things with the RPG Academy. Uh, yeah, perhaps a new AP Savage World stream we're working on. We haven't finalized the cast for that yet, but there's a yeah. good chance you'll be at some point part of that, if not yeah. a recurring character. Uh, and of course, you can find me at the RPG Academy. Pretty much everything I do can be found there. I'm most active on Twitter. I do. I have recently joined Mastodon because who knows if Twitter is going to be around tomorrow. Um, I'm enjoying my time over there as well. It's still very small, but uh, it seems to be some lovely people. 
my favorite corner of the internet is our discord. I absolutely enjoy hanging out with the people that are there. It's a very small community, but it's very like-minded individuals. We are talking about, basically it's like, an, like a detention happening all the time. People are just, this is what I'm up to. This is what's going on. This is what I'm watching. This is what you should be watching. Some games get organized there. So if you enjoy anything we do here at the RPG Academy, I highly encourage you to consider joining our discord. It's free to join. It's just invite only. Any We'll invite anyone, but you have to ask. It's not an open environment because we had people jump in and spam and some stupid stuff originally. So we closed it, but it's a lovely group of people, and I would love to have more people join us there and talk about the nerdy stuff that we love. Um, so no questions yet, but we have one question that we ask everybody. So, again, there's a chance if there's time if anyone else would like to ask a question. So, John, if they were going to make, and they is whoever you want, uh, to make an action figure out of you, what would be the three accessories that come in the package? Ooh, it's going to be an action figure. Uh, first and foremost, for my day job, I have a giant wooden pencil that I use. Uh, I'm a teacher, mm-hmm. and uh, I teach pre-K, and I have a giant wooden pencil that I use to as my little pointer in the classroom to point at nice. things. So that would probably be my weapon. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm also uh, a cosplayer. And one of my favorite cosplays is Casey Jones, and I have a uh, I have a golf bag that has a hockey stick, a golf club, and uh, I actually do have a Jose Canseco bat in that uh, in that bag. So nice. that would probably be my second one. And third, as far as for me, I think I need a bag of D fours uh, that I will drop behind me if I ever have to run. Nice. The classic D4 Caltrip situation there. Exactly. All right. So it doesn't look like we have any questions coming in. We, we had some people watching for a while. It looks like it has fallen off here. But again, just for the sake of the Kickstarter, you know, once it goes out audio only, it'll have a much larger audience. But uh, one last time around the horn, anything else you want to say? Either, again, drop your socials again. One last plea for the Kickstarter or anything else that you would like to say, John? You know, I'd just say I really hope that uh, if, if this topic moves you to uh, that you enjoy the concept of music in games, come check out the Kickstarter. Our goal is that this is only the first book in several. We will be putting out uh, expansions on it. Our next book is going to be the backstory of how the world of the gutter came into existence. And the book following up that that we're planning is going to be into a Badlands uh, heavy metal kind of Mad Max portion of the world. Nice. Very cool. All right. And Chris? Uh, just keep looking for me here every other week and, uh, yeah, looking forward to getting away for the weekend on my little vacation. That'll be nice. I actually get to sleep in. I I love sleep. I'm at the point in my life where sleep is like my favorite activity. Yes. Um, and of course you find me at the RPG Academy. Do consider joining our discord. If you would like to support the show, you can subscribe. If you have an Amazon prime account and you're not already supporting someone else on Twitch, that's a free part of your amazon prime subscription you can support one person on twitch for free cost you nothing more other than the time it takes you to do that it's a couple minutes and then once a month you got to click a button uh, it can throw three to four dollars to a sub- small twitch streamer like ourselves please consider doing that because again it costs you nothing more other than a little bit of time we do have a patreon patreon.com slash the rpg academy you can support us there for as little as three bucks a month you get some extra content we spend some bonus episodes you kind of get some special channel access on the discord that kind of stuff we don't do enough to pay you back your generosity but if you like what we do then maybe you throw us three bucks and it helps support what we do here at the academy um and again catacon 2023 is in the works 
We've already set the dates, November 3rd, 4th, and 5th. Kickstarter will go live on August 15th. That is the easiest way to support us because getting early support there gives us confidence that we've got our deposits covered and gives us, you know, this the encouragement we need to keep moving things forward. So please consider supporting us there when that goes live. And then Action 12 Cinema in March. So that's that's all my stuff. So thank you, everyone. And we'll see you in a co- two weeks. Don't forget. Oh, oh yeah. You're having fun. You're doing, You're it, doing right. it right. Thanks. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast. We do this show out of love for the hobby and the desire to be ambassadors, welcoming more people into this community. All of our website content will always be free to use and utilize, but there are expenses related to the show. And if you enjoy what we do here, then please consider supporting us in some way. You can do so as simply as rating or reviewing us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. If you're going to purchase anything through Amazon or DriveThruRPG, consider using our affiliate links first, and then we'll get a small percentage sent back to us. You can do a single direct donation through PayPal using the paypal.me slash the RPG Academy, or consider joining our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash the RPG Academy. And for a donation as low as $1 a month, you'll get access to lots of extra goodies, including bonus minisodes, invites to monthly one-shot games, one-sheet adventures, and more. Please consider following us on Twitter and Facebook, or join our Discord, where we like to try to keep the conversation going with our fans as best we can, and are always looking to talk and chat more. Or do none of that. Just continue to listen and enjoy our show. Because honestly, that's enough. Thanks. And remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. We'll see you next time. The music used for our intro and outro is Fly a Kite by Spectacular Sound Productions, used under the Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike License.